We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The volume. It's Hoops Tonight presented by FanDuel. The NBA season is kicking into gear and there's no better place to get in on the action than with FanDuel. The app is safe and secure. Getting your money out is super easy. You can jump into the action at any time during the game with live betting. And I love building those same game parlays. And FanDuel is now live in Ohio, so use promo code JasonT and download the FanDuel app today to start making every moment more. 21 plus in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia, and Ohio. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. Call one 888 789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. Call 1-877-770-STOP in LA. Visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Dial one 877 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y to 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. All right, welcome to Hoops Tonight presented by FanDuel here at The Volume. Happy Tuesday, everybody. I hope all of you guys are having a good start to your week. Today is Brooklyn Nets Day. As I said last night, we're going to start now that we're in this point of the season where we kind of know a lot more about the teams that we're covering. We're really going to hone in on the top 10, 15 or so teams in the league and focus on the winners. Um, the Brooklyn Nets had been winning a lot of games lately, but were desperate for some signature wins, some wins that add legitimacy to their dominance over the bottom of the league. And they got two of them back to back dominating the Milwaukee Bucks at home. And then last night, going into Cleveland against the Cavs, basically at full strength and manhandling them in their own building. So today, we're just going to be diving into everything that has made the Brooklyn Nets successful 
over the course of the last couple of months. You guys know the drill. Before we get started, subscribe to the Volumes YouTube channel so you don't miss any more of our videos. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JasonLT so you guys don't miss any show announcements. And then last but not least, if for whatever reason you guys miss one of these videos and you can't get back over to YouTube to finish, remember you can find them wherever you get your podcasts under hoops tonight. So they beat the Cavs last night, 125 to 117. Wasn't even really that close. Um, every time that Cleveland made a run to get it close, the Nets would just smash him again to build the lead back up. At one point, they got it late, late second quarter. They got it back to like 46 to 45, and then the Nets immediately went on an 18 to 2 run, making it look easy to kind of put the game away at that point. KD and Kyrie, again, leading the way, 64 points on 37 shots with 10 assists. KD really has it going from three now. He started the year 32% from three over his first 20 games. He's 45% on five attempts per game in his last uh, in his last 13 games and 52% in his last six games. Kyrie's also shooting the laces off 46% from three on nine attempts in his last six games. But after last night, and really after this last couple months of basketball, you can really see an identity starting to round out for the Brooklyn Nets. I always talk about a basketball identity or basketball character because to me, that's what you lean in, lean on in a night-in, night-out basis. There are a lot of teams out there that don't know who they are, and they're kind of just throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks, You know, especially, especially towards the bottom of the league. They're trying small lineups, they're trying big lineups, they're trying pairings that work, pairings that don't. Sometimes they run, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they defend, sometimes they don't. There's an inconsistency in their basketball character, and that kind of fundamentally becomes who they are. They're a team that doesn't know who they are. And the teams that do know who they are, they come out and they play the same way every single night. They have a pretty consistent rotation and the results tend to follow. And, and it's because they've uh, they've seen results that come from the way that they play. And so they're bought in and they believe in what they're doing. Uh, the Nets have now won 13 out of 14 games. And we're going to do just like we did um, uh, we're going to do just like we did with all the other teams uh, that we did those, these zoom-in videos on. We're going to focus on the defensive end and then the offensive end on the floor. Um, we're going to start with defense with the Nets. So on the defensive end, they do a ton of switching. Uh, they do occasionally run drop coverage uh, with guys like Nick Claxton, but even then, Nick, Nick does a lot of switching. And he's defended really well both at the rim and rim protection situations and out on switches. Nick Claxton in general has been awesome all year um, uh, j- just finding ways to impact winning on both ends of the floor. We just talked about the defensive end, but even on the offensive end, he's such a good vertical spacer, um, has good timing of when to cut along the baseline for lob passes. And he's also one of the better offensive rebound putback guys in the league. Gets a lot of extra points uh, just working, getting garbage baskets around the rim. And um, a, a, one of the best offensive rebounders, I think he's right around two and a half per game in offensive rebounds. Uh, third in the league in blocks as well. Just, you know, one of the themes of today's show is going to be about how great Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are. And we're going to talk a lot about Katie and Kyrie here in a little bit, but it's also a supporting cast that has really rounded out into one uh, that is helping them in a very complimentary way on both ends of the floor. The, the, uh, uh, the Nets and their aggressive switching kind of leads to a give and a take because they tend to disrupt offensive flow by switching a lot of actions. So that kind of shuts off a lot of the actions that team uh, teams run because they're getting ahead of it with switching. But they're also aggressive at the basketball. And, and during this 14-game stretch, they've been forcing a lot of turnovers and getting out in transition as a result. They've been top 10 in turnovers forced during the span and second in fast break points scored over this um, uh, 14-game stretch. That is, obviously, I always talk about with offensive ratings, you know, you're always trying to find ways to supplement that. So Nick Claxton getting garbage buckets and putting them in, 
that's supplementary. You know, getting out in transition, that's supplementary. Obviously, the high-level shot-making to rescue possessions and, and late-clock situations from Katie and Kyrie, that's all supplementary. And during this, uh, this 14-game stretch, they have an offensive rating of 120, uh, which has been best in the league. Obviously, um, there's a give and a take to switching on defense, um, especially when you're as thin as the Nets are. They do give up a lot of points in the paint. They've been struggling to defend the paint during the streak. I think they're 20th in opponents points uh, point uh, opponent points in the paint allowed per 100 possessions. Uh, but they, they've been making up for it by defending the three-point line really well. They're uh, allowing fewer threes than most of the teams in the league. And then, like I said, forcing a lot of turnovers. All of that's amounted to them being 11th in defensive rating over this 13-1 stretch, which is fine. Like, again, when, like I talked about with the Nuggets last night, when you're scoring as effectively as these teams are, you don't necessarily need to be what Brook, uh, what uh, Milwaukee was defensively or what um, you know what the Lakers were defensively in 2020. You don't have to be that if you are this good on the offensive end of the floor. On the offensive end of the floor, it's a steady diet of isos, pick and rolls, and post ups for KD and Kyrie. Um, but the, if we're going to talk about Katie and Kyrie in a little bit because the two of them have been so unbelievably off the charts good with their shot creation. But I want to start with the role players for a second because this is fundamentally what makes the Nets different than so many teams around the league. They have a lot of good basketball players that can capitalize on the attention that Katie and Kyrie draw. Um, you've heard me talk a lot about aggregate offensive skill. I I've talked about this a lot with the uh, New York Knicks, and I've talked about this a lot with the Toronto Raptors, some of these teams that struggle with uh, scoring in the half court. And it, you know, sometimes we, uh, especially with the analytics movement, we become so focused on what does a guy shoot on catch-and-shoot threes, and you know, can he defend? We just, you know, the 3 and D role player that we always talk about. Um, but the problem is, is as the league has gotten quicker and better defensively, um, there, there's a lot more improvisation in spotting up. You know, I refer to this as closeout attacking, uh, but really it's just that natural ability to turn a closeout or a rotation into a better shot or into a finish for yourself. Um, and I want to use TJ Warren as an example. So there was a play in this game against the Cavs where uh, KD uh, calls for a, a screen from TJ Warren. I believe Lamar Stevens was guarding the ball. And Kevin Love was uh, was the player guarding T.J. Warren on this particular play. And so the Cavs did what is called a hedge and recover, which is typically uh, you don't really see it too much in the NBA now the way you used to. Ten years ago, you'd see hedge and recover all the time. Now it's primarily only with weaker defensive players that you want to not get switched onto a good score. So what they do is when the screen comes, they run out hard to hedge and stop the player from moving laterally across the screen. That forces them to take retreat dribbles out towards half court, okay? That then buys you time to sprint back and recover to your man. So on this play, TJ Warren sets the screen. Kevin Love hedges out. Kevin Durant has to take the retreat dribbles. TJ Warren slips to the elbow, and KD hits him with the pass. On the slip, Donovan Mitchell comes out of the corner off of Royce O'Neal to help on TJ Warren. TJ Warren throws a pass fake towards Royce O'Neal. Donovan Mitchell stunts back to the three-point line. Then, TJ Warren takes a hard dribble down the middle of the floor, but Kevin Love is screaming back into the play to get in front of him. Kevin Love cuts him off going to the right, and TJ Warren just does a really nifty and quick between-the-leg dribble to the center of the floor right at the semicircle and rises up and knocks down a 10-foot jump shot. That is an extremely high-level basketball play. If you throw that to Lamar Stevens, for instance... For the Cavs, that's the exact same sequence. A hedge out, 
Lamar Stevens slips. He's a good player, an NBA player, but he's not that high-level offensive talent that TJ Warren is. He's not going to see the floor and make that read quick enough to make that pass fake to get Donovan Mitchell to get off of him. And then the counter move to beat Kevin Love coming back towards the middle. In all likelihood, he ends up making some sort of mistake or struggles to convert that into something that is worth points. That's the difference between a D and three or three and D player in Lamar Stevens and a really well-rounded basketball player in TJ Warren and how that allows you to squeeze out offensive points from attention that your stars gather. You know, when, when players struggle to capitalize on that, that gives them the ability to hedge and recover or hard trap without having to worry about giving up points on the back end. There was another play later in that first half. TJ Warren, just because of a transition cross match. Guys, in transition, you just grab somebody. Defensive principles change in those situations. Darius Garland ends up on TJ Warren. KD and Kyrie are out front. No reason to waste energy on a pick and roll. No reason to waste energy on an ISO to try to draw multiple defenders. TJ Warren just raises his hand. They dump the ball into him on Darius Garland on the left block. He uh, uses a pound dribble to get a little closer, spins back towards the baseline, pump fakes, Darius Garland leaves his feet, and TJ Warren, who's a gifted scorer, just elevates into Darius Garland's body, draws the contact, and hits a little 10-foot jump shot for the and one. That is an example of uh, matchup attacking from the forward position that we talk about. That is another way to generate offense without having to fatigue your stars. That's the difference between a, a higher-level offensive-skilled player and their ability to, to uh, play alongside stars versus just the traditional 3 and D concept. And, and, you know, that scoring fluidity, we've talked about this a lot on that show. It's kind of just a natural feel. It's hard to explain. Like we've all, uh, any of you guys who've played basketball a, a great deal, whether it's in college or in high school, you've probably met guys that can shoot the ball well and can do ball handling drills well, but for some reason they lack that like natural feel of when to dribble and when to shoot for the purposes of scoring the basketball. They're just a little too rigid, and when they get out into the improvisation of scoring, they struggle. There's such a natural instinct to good scores um, that goes even beyond their actual tangible skill set when it comes to ball handling and shooting to create shots. And TJ Warren, I think, is just a perfect encapsulation of that. That's why I wanted to spend some time there. But as we zoom out, the rest of the roster kind of fits that same mold. Seth Curry, TJ Warren, Royce O'Neal, Ben Simmons, Yuta Watanabe, all of these guys amount to an enormous amount of ball handling, shooting, and passing that are surrounding two of the best shot creators in the world. Looking to get more out of the NFL this season? Well, now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to touchdown scores to over-under yards. My two favorite bets this week are the Buccaneers and the Packers at home, two teams that desperately need wins at home, led by two of the great quarterbacks of all time. Uh, plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. FanDuel is also live in Maryland. So, Marylanders, make sure you get in on the action, also with great offers just for you. So, don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in free bets when you join FanDuel with promo code JasonT. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. 
It is an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and number one pick in the 2010 NBA draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. CJ will bring his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoops takes. Plus, John will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show as well to give their unfiltered accounts of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And that aggregate offensive skill leads to absurdly effective half-court offense. With KD and Kyrie on the floor this year, the Nets are scoring 105 points per 100 half-court possessions. To give you some perspective, Dallas has the best half-court offense in the league at 104 offensive rating. That's how effectively Brooklyn scores with KD and Kyrie on the floor. Overall, regardless of lineup for the whole season, the Nets are third in half-court offense. I wanted to quick touch on a couple of the guys. Uh, Royce O'Neal. He caught a, cost a first-round pick. With everything that was happening this summer, that was kind of just a throw-in move that a lot of people were confused by. First-round pick. Think about how many times fan bases around the league have been like, that guy's not worth a first. That guy's not worth a first. These two guys aren't worth two firsts or whatever it is. We've been dealing with that with the Laker fans for a while, right? It's, this is such a great example of how draft picks and the value can't be looked at in a vacuum. Because Royce O'Neal especially coming off of what he did with the Jazz, you're not sitting there thinking like, oh, he's worth a first-round pick. That seems steep, right? But what you're seeing is in a small role with the Nets, alongside two superstars, he has been monumentally valuable to everything that Brooklyn does. First of all, he's an outstanding perimeter defender. He's super physical on the ball. He did a number on Donovan Mitchell last night from the start. Made him feel super uncomfortable. Was cutting off the rim from him. So Donovan Mitchell had to settle early in the game for a lot of really high difficulty pull-up jump shots that he missed just about all of. And it kind of set the tone for the rest of his night. He also does little things dirty work on the glass. He crashes the uh, glass while he averages five rebounds a game. And then on the offensive end, he doesn't have that scoring fluidity that TJ Warren has. But he's shooting the damn laces off the basketball from three, and he makes good closeout reads. So it's not him trying to score when he's driving the ball to the basket, but he always makes that right kickout pass to the next shooter or the drop-off pass to the dunker spot or things along those lines. It's been a very important piece of connective tissue for the Nets on the offensive end of the four. Cost a first-round pick in a vacuum sounds crazy, but when you put a guy that's got that particular skill set alongside Kevin freaking Durant and Kyrie Irving, he smashes that role out of the park, and suddenly he's deeply impactful with a limited skill set. And, and, and that's why, like again, 
role players are so incredibly valuable in the modern NBA with the way that defenses work to try to take the ball out of your star's hands. You don't want Nobby, same type of thing. Not a super fluid scorer, but he makes good closeout reads. He's a solid defender with tons of length, and he shoots the shit out of the basketball. He's shooting 54% from three um, on, at a rate of six attempts per 36 minutes. Uh, ben Simmons, offensively, it's kind of a mixed bag. Like he had a bunch of ugly misses around the rim against Cleveland, but he's still he's probably their best transition passer. He's really good at just getting downhill and applying rim pressure and finding shooters. He's also been doing this thing lately where he throws these cross court bounce passes in transition that are absurdly high difficulty. They're covering like forty to fifty feet of court on the bounce while everyone is sprinting. He had one against the Cavs, I think, to Royce O'Neal for three, and then he had another one against the Bucks the other night to Kyrie across the court. Super impressive stuff there, and then. And he's still capable of doing so much damage on the defensive end of the floor. Uh, I kind of dominated that game against the Cavs, just getting deflections and steals and triggering those transition opportunities. Uh, but I do want to spend a great deal of time talking about Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving because at the end of the day, they are the two guys uh, that make this whole thing work. So obviously, KD's averaging 30 points per game, which is the third highest mark of his career. And he's shooting a career high 67% in true shooting percentage. A lot of this is driven by his pull-up shooting. He is shooting 55% on pull-up jumpers. There are 83 players that have attempted at least 100 pull-up jump shots this year. KD is in first place with 55%. No other player in the league is over 50%. And then Russell Westbrook is 82nd out of 83 with 28%. If you ever covered Russell Westbrook, you would understand why I had to slip that in there. Um, He's in a class by himself. To give you an idea, some other little perspective... Uh, Jason Tatum, who's been unbelievably good this year, is shooting 21% worse on pull-up jumpers than Kevin Durant, shooting just 34%. LeBron James, 22% worse, shooting just 33%. So even again, uh, like compared to what other pull-up, like because a lot of the other pull-up shooters around the league that are good are guards, like little guards. Like Kevin Durant is outperforming all of them, and then ma- uh, like vastly outperforming all of the small, uh, like the small forward. Uh, pull-up shooters that we see in the league. He he's he's in a class by himself as as a pull-up shooter. And then he's been an out he's been outstanding defensively ever since the Nash firing. I received a couple of uh, uh, people uh, reaching out in DMs and messages over the last couple of weeks, like uh, talking uh, shit about um, uh, me saying that the Nash firing was a scapegoat. And I think it's funny because like I never said that. Uh, um, that Nash shouldn't be fired. In fact, I recommended that the Nets fire Nash. All I said was they're not playing hard for him, which is a fact. That is an an unassailable fact. They were not playing hard for Steve Nash, and then they did play hard for Jacques Vaughn. So, like, is Jacques Vaughn a better coach than Steve Nash? Maybe. But how the hell would we know when one guy had a scheme that the team bought into and worked hard at, and the other one, they mailed it in? Like, I think they were dead last in defense and second to last in rebounding uh, for the first chunk of the season when Steve Nash was coached. Like, that's just not trying. Like, I, I don't really know what else to tell you. And uh, But that said, I recommended firing Nash because I thought it would reinvigorate the team under a new voice, and it did. And since that um, uh, coaching change, they've been outstanding defensively, and Kevin Durant's been one of the best defensive players in the world. And I believe he'll make an all-defense team this year. But what I want to focus on with KD, because we could talk about KD scoring. I've done videos on KD scoring in the past. It's a mix. It's pull-up jump shooting. It's um, uh, improvisational shooting everywhere on the floor. It's setting up his man for easy shots. He's really good at working off the ball for easy catch-and-shoot opportunities. Kevin Durant 
his efficiency is a is a product of tough shot making, but also his ability to work hard for easy shots. And we could talk about that all day long. But what we haven't done uh, enough lately, I think, in general, with the NBA media covering the league, uh, Kevin Durant's passing has become his most underrated skill. And the reason why is because he had a tough series against the Boston Celtics. First of all, we never really thought of KD as much of a passer. He's had big passing moments. Um, I think he's always been a little underrated in that area. But then after the Boston series, you know, everyone just thought he was a tunnel vision scorer that when a shot going is is going in, you know, he can't impact the game. And the truth of the matter is, is he actually uh, we have to look at the games to see what's happening because. As we look at the numbers, he's averaging 5.3 assists per game, which is good, not great, right? He's also giving you three and a half turnovers per game. So when you look at assist to turnover ratio and total assist points created, there's a lot of stuff there that doesn't look good. And again, in the Boston series, as I said, it was more his pull-up jump shooting that failed him. He was like a 50% pull-up jump shooter all season. And then suddenly he shot in the low 30s against the Celtics. That's just not good enough or in the mid-30s or something like that. So too many turnovers and too many missed jump shots were what killed Kevin Durant. But at the end of the day, like it, Kevin Durant's job when he's dictating double teams or drawing double teams is just to make the right read. And more often than not, those lead to four-on-three situations, kind of similar to the Steph Curry thing. Um, you know, uh, back in like the 2015 finals where he's just getting blitzed on the pick and roll, hitting Draymond Green on the short roll. Draymond Green's making plays. And so Draymond Green's racking up assists and Andre Godala's racking up corner threes, but the actual play itself was initiated by Steph's ability to draw the double team. So that's what I want to focus on here for a minute because KD, again, 5.3 assists per game, nothing to to really get excited about. But when you watch what's happening on the floor, there's a lot of high-quality shots that are being created. So when KD has the ball and passes out of pick and roll, it's happened 145 times this year, he, the, the Nets have scored 167 points. That's 1.15 points per possession, which is in the 92nd percentile. What that amounts to is he's been the very best pick and roll ball handler in the league. Overall, Kevin Durant pick and rolls, including shots and passes, have led to 1.26 points per possession, which is by far the best in the league for players who run at least five a game. Steph is in second place at about 1.2 points per possession. You know, and this is the latest in a long line of examples of box scores not really being revealing about what's happening on the court. But for the most part, KD's getting doubled on picks. He's hitting the short roller. The short roller is making decisions, and it's ending in shot attempts for other players. KD's getting hockey assists there. One of the things that Brooklyn's been doing really well um, is putting a good playmaker in that position. Like lately, it's been a lot of Kyrie Irving. Have Kyrie Irving set the screen. We saw this against the Raptors in heavy doses in the fourth quarter the other night, where it's like Kyrie sets the screen, catches the ball in the short roll, gets downhill into the paint, and makes a kickout pass to you to want Nobby in the corner for three. Like that kind of thing we're seeing a lot. Um, but between KD's playmaking, which has been off the charts, his pick-and-roll ball handling off the charts, his scoring off the charts, his defense, amazing. Um, this year's MVP race is absolutely stacked. Because obviously you've got Jason Tatum, you've got Giannis and Jokic, all guys that have great cases. But I think overall, when I set aside everything and I just focus on who's playing the best basketball in the league this year with who's been the best player on the best team, the Nets are only two games back of the best record in basketball, and an overall value brought to the team, I actually think if the season ended right now today, that Kevin Durant would be my MVP pick. Uh, moving on to Kyrie Irving, 
Obviously, he's also scoring the ball really well. 26 points per game, fourth best mark of his career, 60% true shooting, third best mark of his career. He's always been very good in pick and roll, um, and he's been very good in pick and roll again this year. 1.12 points per possession, including passes, which is in the 89th percentile, 11th in the league among players who run at least five per game. So they got two of the top 11 pick and roll players in the league, including the best. Uh, But he's been the very best ISO player in the league this year. So when uh, Kyrie Irving shoots out of isolation, 1.26 points per possession, which is just completely outrageous. Best in the league among players who attempt at least three ISOs per game. DeMar DeRozan is a close second. Um, A big part of this is Kyrie Irving is shooting 64% at the rim. We've always thought about Kyrie as a great rim finisher. Um, But as we look at it, you know, uh, most of the guards in the league are hovering in the mid fifties, right? And then bad rim finishers, guys like Russell Westbrook, they're hovering in the low fifties and some of the better, like good rim finishers for guards are around 60% and Kyrie's just completely off the charts in the mid sixties at 64%. That you usually don't see that unless you're dealing with big athletic wings. Uh, so as we zoom out, the Nets have the very best pick and roll ball handler in the league and the very best isolation player in the league. And each is great at the other. Kyrie's 11th in pick-and-roll ball handling, at least five run per game. KD is ninth in ISOs, points per possession, to run at least three a game. Um, so you got to kind of round it out, you've got two of the top 10 shot creators when it comes to just creating shots for teammates or for themselves. You've got two of the 10 best shot creators in the entire world. And you've got a ton of offensive skills surrounding them, like we talked about earlier, with the likes of Yudawan Nabi, TJ Warren, Royce O'Neal, Seth Curry. You know, we, talk, we talked about that earlier. Uh, all of that amounts to 120 offensive rating in this 13-1 stretch, which is the very best in the league. Um, and then they're committing enough on the defensive end to get enough stops to be a damn good basketball team. Um, and you know how it goes with these win streaks. I always talk about inferior competition. You need that signature win to legitimize it. And uh, you know when they lost to Boston, which is their one loss during this 14-game streak, you know, it can be discouraging because that makes you feel like you're not quite to that level. But then these last two wins have been really impressive. That's a dominant win over the Bucks and a dominant win on the road over the Cavs. My only concern with this particular team right now is the Boston matchup. Um, specifically, Boston's ability to mix up coverages, to switch and force KD and Kyrie to ISO against much better defensive players, or to trap and rotate out of it, which is the aggregate athleticism that they have on the floor. They get really physical on the ball. KD and Kyrie last year, as I mentioned earlier, really fell apart with their pull-up shooting, both of them tanked in pull-up pull uh, shooting percentage, and then both of them turned the basketball over way too much. So the reality is, is KD and Kyrie are just going to have to play a lot better against Boston this year than they did last year. They are better. They're, they have better role players around them this year than they did last year, but I think Boston's better than they were last year with the Malcolm Brogdon acquisition, with Jason Tatum's improvements, with Jalen Brown's improvements. You know, uh, just in general, that they – are a deeper, um, uh, they have more continuity than they did last year, and they've learned some valuable lessons from their playoff failures. So that Boston matchup is the one that freaks me out. But if they can somehow get through Boston, I'd like their I'd like their chances. I wouldn't pick them necessarily, but I'd like their chances against just about any other team in the league. Um, so what does that amount to? It means they have a real chance to win an NBA championship this year, which sounds crazy after everything that happened to begin the season, but I had them sixth in my power rankings to start the year in that, uh, you know, if things go right contender list and things didn't go right to start the season, but things are starting to go right now. And you're seeing all of that talent on the roster start to materialize into a damn good basketball team. All right, guys, that is all I have for tonight. We will be back on Thursday. Um, covering the games from Wednesday night. As always, I appreciate your support, and I will see you guys then. 
the volume. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.